You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. And we return here with another week of Ravens football talk. And this is an exciting week as we are just days away now. July 26th today on Monday. On Wednesday, July 28th, so just in a couple days, the Ravens kick off their training camp with their first full team practice. And so we have finally made it, you know, the week of football here. We're almost to the day football is back and and I'm excited for this season. I know we've been talking about it here on the show every day, you know, 5 days a week for the last couple of months, the last number of months after January, you know, the Ravens had their their end of season loss to Buffalo in the playoffs. So it was disappointing, but you know, we've been talking about how this team has improved, what strengths they have, what weaknesses they have, and we are so close to finally getting to training camp through the preseason into the 2021 regular season. So here today we're going to continue our series we started a couple of weeks ago. This is actually going to be the last week of it because today we're going to be talking about weeks 13, 14, and 15. And then on Friday we're going to be getting into weeks 16, 17, and 18 of our Ravens 2021 schedule preview. Right now the Ravens have only had one loss in my books. And if you want to go look and see what that loss is, I I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to the other episodes where we analyze each matchup. But again, today we're going to do three games, three segments. In the first segment, we will talk about week 13 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. In the second segment, we'll talk about that week 14 game against the Cleveland Browns. And finally, we'll get into week 15 against the Green Bay Packers in our final segment. So before we do that, there has been a bit of a development, not necessarily Ravens related, but Arizona Cardinals pass rusher Chandler Jones apparently reportedly he made a trade request at some point during the offseason. You know, it wasn't really specified when, but the rumor is out there. The report is out there, and some Ravens players have started to do a little, not not recruiting, but a little inquiring. You know, Marlon Humphrey, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Elliott among those players. And so would Chandler Jones be a great fit in Baltimore? Absolutely, 100% yes. This is the biggest remaining need. Edge rusher is the Ravens' biggest remaining need. And we're going to talk about this more tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week here on Locked on Ravens. But just a little brief preview of the whole situation. Chandler Jones is one of the best pass rushers currently in the NFL. He was kind of hindered by an injury, only played in five games last season, only had a sack. But in his last three healthy seasons, so 2017, 2018, and 2019, combined he had 49 total sacks that is insane he had eight forced fumbles in 2019 that was his last healthy season 97 career sacks through nine years playing in the NFL outside of his 2020 injury plague season has not had a season below six sacks in his entire career has only not hit double digits twice in his nine years so is this a player the Ravens should go after if he is indeed available and if the Cardinals are are willing to trade him, and if his situation kind of gets to that, absolutely, I think yes. Now, Jones does have a $15 million, just over a $15 million cap hit if he were to be acquired by a team that is his base salary. So, you know, whether that's restructuring a deal for him like an extension, such as they did with Clayus Campbell, because Jones is in the last year of his deal, that could happen. Whether the Ravens have to restructure some of their own guys, that could happen. But look, if they can make the money work to the point where they're comfortable, if they're willing to give up, you know, I anticipate a deal for Jones could look like 
something similar to Julio Jones, which was, you know, around a second and a fifth round pick, second and a fourth round pick for Jones. I think that the way that the Ravens roster is right now, that is a much more worthwhile investment than Julio Jones. So I am all on board for it. Jones is a phenomenal player, but we'll talk about that more again throughout the rest of the week here on the show. But let's get into today's content. But before we do that, be sure to follow us anywhere there is a podcast. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. Our content comes out Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. So be sure to follow so that you know when that content comes out and you get it right away. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens is the show account for episode updates. And at ChaosStriker34 is my personal Twitter account where I put out Ravens news, analysis, updates, historical perspective. And as we get closer to the games, we'll do live game tweets and some more stuff pertaining to those games. So... Let's jump right into this Ravens schedule preview week 13. The Ravens now are 10 and 1 in my book, but this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, look, I, I know the, the surrounding opinions and, and everything that's been going on with the Steelers this offseason. I agree with them. I do not think the Steelers are going to be nearly as good as they were in 2020, but this is in no way a gimme game for the Ravens. They are going to have to play hard. These games always, they come down to the wire. They're really good football games, really good football. So what you have here is a game where the Ravens just came off a huge game against the Cleveland Browns, or I did project them to win, but now the Ravens have to travel to Heinz Field. This is a 425 p.m. Eastern game at this point. And this will be interesting because right around week 13, and look, injuries happen throughout the entire season, but right around this week. So like, week 12, week 13, week 14, we're going to start to see, you know, most of new quote unquote new rosters. And what I mean by that is injuries will have happened right from like weeks one through 12 weeks, one through 13. And we'll start to see how these rosters will most likely begin to shape up for the playoffs. You know, who did what at the trade deadline, who was replaced, who, because someone got injured or because someone hasn't been performing well. So How are the Steelers going to look? How are the Ravens going to look? The Ravens have a lot of depth on their team. And, you know, the Steelers do too, but they definitely sustained some losses, some big losses in the offseason. The biggest one being Bud Dupree, who ended up signing a five-year $82.5 million deal with the Tennessee Titans, another another Ravens rival in there. Vince Williams, a longtime Steeler linebacker, recently retired. Sean Davis, who didn't have a, a ton of impact in Pittsburgh, went to Indianapolis. Mike Hilton, one of my favorite slot corners in the NFL. He always seemed to be a thorn in the Ravens' side in that slot position on defense. He went to Cincinnati. So the Ravens will still be playing him twice a year, but it will not be in a Steelers uniform. It will be in a Bengals uniform. James Conner ends up going from the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Arizona Cardinals. Connor had a pretty down year in 2020, so I know a lot of Steelers fans don't really care about that loss as much as maybe they should, but, you know, this offensive line for Pittsburgh was was not great. The Steelers re-signed B.J. Finney, but they lose Matt Filer, who was kind of a do-it-all guy on their line to the Los Angeles Chargers. David DeCastro retires with an injury. So, you know, there are a lot of people who, you know, potentially could be huge losses for them. Now, in terms of their additions, Trey Turner, Melvin Ingram, two former Los Angeles Charger players sticking together, but signing with the Steelers. They also ended up signing Joe Haig, who was a tackle from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a two-year $4.6 million deal. Tyson Alualu, one of the best run defenders in the NFL, is back in Pittsburgh on a two-year deal. And Juju Smith-Schuster, Linked to Baltimore, re-signs with Pittsburgh one year, 
eight million dollars and, and a couple other moves in there as well now in this game look the ravens they got swept by pittsburgh in 2020 you know they're, they're, you can't deny that fact i can't deny that fact but i think that you know outside of two plays really or three plays really the ravens could have easily flipped those into wins and of course the second game was you know the the covid game where the ravens had like 20 guys out with covid you know players coaches whoever and they almost won that game with a lot of people what they called you know, the, the quadruple A squad based off of guys coming up off the practice squad and doing all this stuff. So what I like out of this rivalry is that the games are always physical and they're always really, really close, as I had kind of talked about a bit there in a, a couple minutes ago. But now you have a team in Pittsburgh. How is Ben Roethlisberger going to play this year? In 2020, one of the worst deep ball passers Ended up completing 65.6% of his passes through 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But the Steelers' offense was very quick. You know, it was a hit, hit, hit offense where it was, you know, snap the football, one, two, boom. Or snap the football, one, boom, right? It was a lot of slants, a lot of outs, you know, really quick, short, or intermediate routes. They really didn't test the football deep a ton. And look, it worked for them to an extent. They got off to a really hot start undefeated. Then the Washington football team beats them and their season kind of kind of goes from there. But where I look to the Ravens and where they're going to have to win is up front. The offensive line versus the Steelers, very stout and very daunting defensive line. And that includes guys like TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt and Melvin Ingram now in there as well. So they have a lot of guys who can wreak havoc up front. But now the Ravens have a lot of guys who can wreak havoc up on their offensive line front. Kevin Zeitler. They have former Steeler Alejandro Villanueva. He knows how that defense works a little bit. Bradley Bozeman moving from guard to center. He was a very solid contributor. And hopefully Big Ben Cleveland will get that starting spot if he performs well. If he doesn't, then someone else will. But what I'm saying is, especially with Ronnie Stanley back, this offensive line is no pushover anymore. Whereas in 2020, we saw a lot of up and down play a lot of inconsistencies, but if everything goes well and everybody is healthy, I think the Ravens can handle that Steelers front. Now, the Steelers' defense quickly here is one of the best in football for sure. They averaged 4.9 yards per play given up, which was tied for second in the entire league with the Washington football team, who has a very good defense of their own. In terms of net yards per passing attempt, 5.3, tied for second again. But in terms of yards per attempt on the ground, they struggled a bit more 4.3 yards per attempt on the ground given up which was tied for 12th against the Browns now with Bud Dupree gone you know this is going to be a team that's going to get to the quarterback a lot but Dupree was able to do a lot and, and have a lot of success due to Watt's presence on the opposite side now was Alex Highsmith going to be that guy for them is Melvin Ingram going to be that guy for them despite everything that the Steelers have you know gone through in, in this offseason if, the, if they can't defend the run and in those Ravens games J.K. Dobbins was eating the Steelers alive and Gus Edwards was eating the Steelers alive on the ground so if they can't defend that you know it, it's going to be a tough rough day for them especially with the fact that the Ravens offense if they can put up points early against Pittsburgh it's going to force the Steelers to throw the football, but I think what the Steelers are going to try to do this year is run the football a bit more effectively. And look, honestly, I'd be shocked if they didn't run the football more effectively because they were literally the worst running team in the NFL during the 2020 season. 3.6 yards per carry during 2020 for Pittsburgh, literally worst in the NFL. They add Najee Harris, who I think is going to be a great player in the NFL. And the offensive line, you know, they they have upgraded in some areas, but have definitely downgraded 
in others. So we'll see how that ends up working out. I, I, if I was a Steelers fan, look, I'd be very concerned about the offensive line. So with those things considered, with the way that the Ravens play defense up front, they're one of the best run-stuffing teams in the entire NFL last season. I think this is a game that the Ravens will win at Heinz Field, getting revenge for the two games that they ended up losing in 2022, this team. So I'm going to say the Ravens win again here and end up moving their record to 11-1 through 13 weeks here during the 2021 season preview here. But we're going to head into our first break. And when we get back, we're going to be taking a look at the second Browns game on the Ravens schedule, talking about their bout with them in week 14. So stay tuned for that. And we'll bring it back. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint, brownie, strawberry, orange, and German chocolate. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Or it's they can get that mint brownie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And we return here with our second segment of this Monday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still here with you on the week that training camp officially begins for the Baltimore Ravens. Again, July 28th is the first full team practice, so it's it's an exciting time for sure. I know that, you know, we've been waiting. Again, we've been waiting for a long time, but here we're going to continue our schedule preview for Baltimore in 2021, taking a look at week 14, our second preview of the Cleveland Browns, although this time there's a little bit of a different side of this to talk about because the Ravens, I gave them the win the first time around against Cleveland in week 12. That was on our Friday episode. We talked about it then. For this game in week 14, right off the bat, I will say that this is going to be a tough, a very, very tough matchup for the Ravens to win. They're going to have a lot of things going against them. And that's not to say they cannot win this game. I'm definitely not counting them out of any game this season. I mean, look, they're they're a good football team. But what you have here is the big storyline of how the schedule fell for both the Ravens and the Browns. And Jeff Lloyd of Lockdown Browns and I talked about this a bit on last Thursday's episode. But what you have, the Ravens, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. They have the Browns in week 12 at home. Then they have to travel to Heinz Field in week 13 to play Pittsburgh. And then travel to Cleveland in week 14 to play the Browns here in this game. So what you have for Cleveland, on the other hand, is they have to travel to Baltimore in week 12. They have a bye week in week 13. And then they play the Ravens at home in week 14. Now, how is this different? How is this a huge advantage for Cleveland? Pretty much what the Browns can say is once week 12 hits, once the start of week 12 hits after week 11 ends, they can focus on only the Baltimore Ravens. From week 12, the beginning of week 12, to the end of week 14, it will be purely Baltimore Ravens in that building. Whereas for the Ravens, they'll have to play Cleveland and then they'll have to travel to Pittsburgh and play that hard-fought game. So they won't have as much time to prepare. And obviously, look, preparation is great. It, it's not everything for these teams. You obviously have to go out and you have to execute that preparation on the field, but it's definitely an advantage to Cleveland and also the fact that this will be a home game for Cleveland. Not saying the Ravens can't play and win on the road. I mean, look, week 14 last season, that was one of the best games. I think it is the best game or definitely at least top three games of the 2020 NFL season. You know, Lamar Jackson leaves with the cramps. He comes back. It's a high scoring game. It always seems though, like Cleveland in a way, and, and this has been hard for me to describe. I've been talking about this for almost a couple years now, maybe a little less, but it always seems like Cleveland has the Ravens number in some way 
on the defensive side of the ball. And and that means that when Cleveland is on offense and the Ravens are on defense, Cleveland somehow, whether they just know how to find the zones or they just know how to exploit the Ravens' weaknesses, it always seems like in most of the games, not all situations, not all the games, that's not what I'm saying, but it seems like Cleveland has a pretty easy time driving down the field in some situations. Now, look, you go back to week one of 2020, that game, the Ravens' defense dominated. The The Browns could not do anything on the offensive side of the ball, and the Ravens could do everything on the offensive side of the ball. But then, you know, you look at week 14 of last season, and it is that high-scoring game, and the Ravens score those late points, and they can win the game. But then, you know, Cleveland ends up scoring, and then the Ravens score, and then the, the Browns' offense gets the ball back, and then they score again, and it just seems like every time the Browns' offense got the ball— they were scoring. So it's it's been this way a couple times, and look, every single possession does not result in the score. That's not what I'm saying, but Cleveland's a tough opponent now, and they're going to be a tough opponent for a very long time. Cleveland has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, headlined by J.C. Treader and Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio, a longtime Brown in there as well. Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, that is a very stout group. Now, the Ravens on their defensive line with the trio of Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, and Brandon Williams, plus Justin Matabuike, who I think is going to have a great year, a breakout year in 2021, right? That's that's a good matchup in the trenches where, you know, usually the game is won and lost in those trenches, right? But there are also other areas. How is the Browns' secondary going to be able to respond after maybe losing to Baltimore in Week 12? Are they going to be able to adjust against what the Ravens' wide receivers showed them? Can the Browns stop the Ravens' run game? You know, did they have trouble in Week 12? Did they not? What can they do? So, you know, with, with games against the divisional opponent so close to each other, and for the Browns, it's literally Ravens by Ravens, so they're playing the Ravens twice in a row if you really want to get down to it. This will be a game that the Ravens will have to do a lot right to win. And obviously every, every NFL team has to do a lot right to win any game against any team. But looking at what Cleveland did in the offseason, looking at how their defense is most likely going to be improved, I don't see a, a scenario, you know, maybe in a, a super injury-plagued year for either team. It's very hard for me to see either team winning both games this year. Both teams are just so talented. Both teams are going to be fighting for the AFC North crown. This isn't me saying that the Ravens, you know, they're going to lose this game to Cleveland and the whole season is going to be over because that's not what it's going to be. You know, NFL teams are allowed to have bad games or they're allowed to lose games, right? 16-0 or 17-0 doesn't happen often for a reason. And that's because there are so many talented teams in the NFL. And Cleveland has not been one of those teams for a very long time, but they have the right pieces now. You know, this this schedule thing, look, it, it definitely favors Cleveland, but what can you do? You know, the schedule fell the way it fell. John Harbaugh even said there are some things that favor you, some things that go against you. He mentioned that Baltimore's December schedule last year was very easy. That was something that fell in their favor. This year, this situation is something that did not fall in their favor. So, you know, you take the good with the bad, you know, you, you go through it all, and you can even win some of these games that sometimes don't go in your favor on the schedule or you're dealing with injuries or you're the vast underdog. There there are so many ways to win football games in this league. I, I did talk about Cleveland and how they match up with Baltimore in our episode on Friday, but pretty much the Browns offense, it's going to be, you know, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and Rashard Higgins versus the corners of Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith. Nick Chubb versus the Ravens front seven. Baker Mayfield against this Ravens defense. On the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens, 
can Lamar Jackson take advantage of what I think is the weakness of the Browns defense, which now is the front seven, minus Sheldon Richardson, minus Larry Ogunjobi. Is Mac Wilson that guy for them? Can Jeremiah Wusukoromoa step up to the plate? How can J.K. Dobbins respond to having, I think what'll be a good game in week 12, can he have another good game in week 14? How is the offensive line going to play? Are the tight ends going to step up? At the end of the day, I'm giving the Ravens a loss here. You know, I know I haven't said that often over the course of this series, but just with the way the schedule played out, with how rested the Browns are going to be, and with how talented the Browns are, and how talented the Ravens are too. Again, I don't think either team wins both games of this season series. I think both teams go 1-1. One and one. The Ravens get Week 12, and the Browns get Week 14, in my opinion. So this moves the Ravens' record through... 14 weeks to 11 and 2, which, hey, I think is a pretty good start for this Ravens team. But in this game, the Browns get the better of the Ravens. In a close, hard-fought game, nonetheless, this will be a very intense one, but I think the Browns come out on top in the end. But we're going to head into our final break now, and when we get back, we'll be diving into the Ravens' Week 15 NFC matchup with the Green Bay Packers. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be back soon. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can check all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB and UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams trip for the runs of the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And we return here with our final segment of this Monday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher is still here with you. And now we are going to be getting into the Ravens Week 15 matchup with the Green Bay Packers. This is a home game, so no, no Lambo leaps, no Green Bay in December. Well, actually... You could do, I guess, a Lambo leap in Baltimore, but that's not really a Lambo leap. So, you know, maybe if the Ravens score, they'll be jumping up in the stands, but who knows? But what we don't know with the Green Bay Packers, you know, there's a lot of mystery surrounding this team for sure. Now, I'm going off of what the roster looks like right now and assuming everybody on the roster is going to suit up for the entire year in Green Bay, obviously. The big question mark is Aaron Rodgers, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterback, still at the top of his game, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, super hard to beat. You know, he hasn't gotten a ton of help over the recent years in terms of Green Bay bringing in pass catchers for him, obviously Devontae Adams, who has been a mystery surrounding him as well. It seems like both Rodgers and Adams are on the outs in Green Bay. But again, I'm going based off who's on the roster. But outside of Adams, not a lot of a lot of pass catching help. You know, Robert Tanyan emerged as a pretty good tight end last season for them. They have Marquez Valdez Scantling. They end up bringing in Amari Rogers, the the son of T. Martin. So a nice little connection there. But other than that, there have been you know rumors and reports. You know, Rogers isn't happy. Rogers wants out of Green Bay. Rogers is going to retire next week. All this different stuff that is coming out and right now with Rodgers on the roster, Green Bay is one of the best teams in the NFL, but if Rodgers ends up departing somehow, whether that is through trade, through retirement, whatever, the Green Bay team gets significantly worse because Jordan Love, who is a second-year guy out of Utah State, is no Aaron Rodgers. In fact, not a lot of people are Aaron Rodgers. In fact, barely anyone is. You know, Rodgers is, is definitely one of the top 
three quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, at this point. So obviously losing him is a very big blow. The Packers also losing Corey Lindsley, one of the best centers in the NFL, a Ravens target that a lot of people liked, to the Los Angeles Chargers. Christian Kirksey, the linebacker, goes from the Green Bay to the Houston Texans. They didn't really, honestly, they didn't, they didn't really lose a ton. They signed Blake Bortles to be a backup. So maybe instead of Jordan Love, it'll be Blake Bortles. You know, who knows? Jamal Williams, a 26-year-old backup running back, signs a two-year, $6 million deal with Detroit. The Packers bring in Devondre Campbell from the Arizona Cardinals. And other than that, not a not a ton of additions for this team. They, they like to kind of do stuff with the players that they already have on the roster. And look, their offense also has Aaron Jones on it, who is a very, very good running back, not to mention David Bakhtiari, one of the top tackles in the league. So they have power everywhere on the offense, and they're a tough offense to go up against. I'm sure Marlon Humphrey would draw Devontae Adams in the event that Green Bay does still have Adams and and even Rodgers on the team. Now, in terms of actual offensive stats, Green Bay, one of the best in the business. You know, 6.3 yards per play last year. That was tied for second in the NFL in terms of net yards per passing attempt, Green Bay was second with 7.5, and yards per attempt on the ground, Green Bay was tied for fifth with 4.8. So in all facets of the game on offense, Green Bay got the job done. And for any defense, Green Bay's offense is very tough to go up against, and Baltimore's defense is no excuse. How can that defensive line go up against guys like Bakhtiari on the offensive line Can they put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers does know how to make time out of the pocket, knows how to use his legs when he needs to. But where I think this game is won or lost for the Ravens is if the Ravens can score enough points to win. And against Green Bay's defense, they're going to have to because Green Bay was one of the bottom half teams in the league in terms of rushing defense. When looking at yards per attempt given up, Green Bay was tied for 16th alongside with teams like the Patriots, Dolphins, Titans, Chiefs, Chargers, 4.5 yards per attempt given up. That is a pretty high number. I mean, Houston was the worst in the league with 5.2, so it's not quite at that level. But still, you're looking at a team that struggled to an extent to stop opposing ball carriers last year. In the secondary, Green Bay has Jair Alexander, former teammate of Lamar Jackson and widely regarded as one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league. Green Bay also has former Ravens' Darius Smith, so... A homecoming for Smith in Baltimore. He is still very loved. And honestly, one of the rare cases of a defensive player or just a player leaving Baltimore and having success elsewhere. I'm not saying there have been no guys who have done it, but Smith has turned into one of the best edge defenders in the entire NFL and is certainly living up to the four-year deal that he signed. Green Bay, in terms of passing defense, tied for ninth in the NFL with Buffalo, 6.1 net yards per attempt given up. So the Ravens have a lot to handle here with this Green Bay team for sure. Now, obviously, if Rodgers and Adams and whoever is traded, obviously, if Rodgers is gone from Green Bay by the time Baltimore plays or Rodgers is not suiting up, I anticipate this to be a win for the Ravens. But honestly, when looking at what Green Bay did in 2020, Aaron Jones averaged 5.5 yards per carry behind that offensive line. Obviously, Lindsley is not there anymore, but 
still, I think this team could still be a good team rushing this season. A.J. Dillon is supposed to have a bigger role. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry himself, so he'll most likely be the primary backup this year. Alan Lazard, another receiver I forgot to mention a bit earlier, had 46 receptions for 451 yards and three scores. But again, this is the Devontae Adams show. 115 receptions for 1,374 yards and 18 touchdowns. Devontae Adams, 18 touchdowns. That's unbelievable. He is one of the best receivers in the NFL, can win at every level, just an all-around phenomenal player. Robert Tanyan is that tight end, had 11 touchdowns. So those two combined, 29 touchdowns. The other guys on the roster, 19 total. So yeah, those are the two guys you want to focus in on. Maybe Amari Rodgers does make a little bit more of an impact this year, but this was a team that was linked to Rashad Bateman and Terrace Marshall, but the Packers end up taking Eric Stokes, a cornerback out of Georgia, with their first pick at 29, Josh Myers, who was most likely going to be replacing Corey Lindsley at the center out of Ohio State in the second round, Rodgers in the third, and then a bunch of other guys who could make an impact, but also are more developmental pieces. So, do the Ravens win this game? With Aaron Rodgers at the helm, I say no. I just think Green Bay's offense is extremely high-powered. The duo of Rodgers and Adams is going to be tough to handle. I'm not saying the Ravens can't do it, but plus the fact that Zadarius Smith, if they line him up against Alejandro Villanueva, that could cause some issues. Again, Jair Alexander, if he shadows Rashad Bateman or shadows Sammy Watkins, I don't know if they're going to put him in the slot, but... You know, he is someone who can make a huge impact. Adrian Amos, a guy from Maryland, led the team in tackles on defense with 83. Darnell Savage, a Maryland guy as well, 75 tackles there. So their defense isn't overly impressive by any stretch of the imagination. But still, you know, contributors like Rashawn Gary and guys like Kevin King, those guys will make impact. So I'm going to say this is another close game. It's a loss for the Ravens. So one and two overall here for our 2021 Ravens schedule preview for weeks 13 through 15, picking up a win against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then suffering two losses against the Cleveland Browns and Green Bay Packers. Obviously, if Aaron Rodgers is not on the team, I expect the Ravens to win, but if he is and he comes to Baltimore, I expect Green Bay to beat the Ravens in a close but hard-fought game. That's all that I have for you today, but when we get back here tomorrow, we'll be talking about more Ravens football talk as we inch closer and closer to training camp. So stay tuned for that and I will see you tomorrow.